Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. Father, as a church, we've come to say thank you. We know it is you that has done these things, and your words to us is that we've not even seen anything yet. Thank you because you are preparing us to handle more. You are preparing us to receive more. Thank you because we will not touch your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because we will return the praise to you. Glory and honor and power be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have worshipped. Come on, somebody make some noise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us are excited to be in God's presence this morning? Please be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Glory to God. So quick announcements before I go into the message. Next week, Sunday is going to be a special Sunday here. How many of us are excited? All right. So I believe that we are all students in one capacity. Whether you are registered in a university, college, or you are alive. All right. We are all students of life. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. So it's going to be a student Sunday, and we have a couple of guests coming. We have a guest ministering in songs. We have a panel of students, recent graduates. We have a panel of life coaches and experts. It's just going to be wonderful. I promise you. Please do not miss it. Try to invite somebody you know, preferably a young person. All right? Praise God. October, I don't know why I plan to say this at the end, but I'm going to say it at the beginning of the sermon. Uh, October is going to be a very special month in the history of this church. Hello? Now, I'm not saying that there won't be greater months, don't get me wrong. We know the Bible says that the path of the just um, is like a shining light, it gets brighter and brighter. So I know November will be greater than October, right? All right, but October is going to be remarkable. It is going to be a a landmark month. I'm going to say why. When I was in GS2, I tried to remember my age in GS2. I think I was 10 years old. So, yeah, do the maths. Um, and then the chapel prefect at the time had so much fire in his bones. The job description of the chapel prefect was to lead fellowship on assembly grounds, right? And then lead fellowship. I can't remember what the fellowship was in, in school. But somehow, there was a fire that cut round, and we just couldn't stop evangelizing. We, we just couldn't stop. And we're kids. We're just to. And break time, normally you run to the canteen, buy everything you need to buy. Break time, we will carry tracts and go from class to class. And we're just looking for people to preach. And we see kids. We're kids. And you find someone say, oh, I have anything pray for me. You just say, say in the name of Jesus, be healed. Not that one that was trending on social media that some kids were speaking in tongues and falling under the anointing. This was real. Hello? Praise God. And we did it for weeks and it went on and we enjoyed it. We would gather together and pray, say, Father, we trust you for new souls today. Kids, now imagine 10-year-olds. Maybe 11. Maybe I was part of the younger people in class. Maybe 11, 12. 12-year-olds 12 going about classes, preaching the gospel. We were doing all of that joyfully until a day one of my friends, I, I remember him studied medicine also. He did his house job um, in Luf. Um, and at that time, he came one day and he said, can I tell you guys something? He said, what? He said, I discussed with my big sister. The big sister finished from the same school. And she said, these things happen, but they don't last. So, very soon, we won't be like this. That's what he told us, casually and innocently. And then, we were like, well, for while it lasts, <laughs> we are going to continue. So, we went on, and we kept on preaching. But, true to what he said, it didn't last. After a while, the fire died down. 
and we stopped and we became big boys, you know, got into SS, became bigger boys, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Now, what exactly is the lesson I'm bringing from that? God has been laying it on my heart very strongly that a revival is coming. But I've been, I've, I've not been very excited. And I'll tell you why, I'll confess why. Uh, I have a, a, I don't want to say fear. I have a reservation that how long is it going to last? Is it going to be a one-week revival? Is it going to be a one-month revival? Is it going to be a one-year revival? And then I received a word in my spirit that has kept me alive. And that word is that this revival has come to stay. Praise God. So the fire that God is sending our way is not going to burn out. Did you hear that? It's not going to be powered by gasoline. It's not going to be affected by pump prices. It is going to be powered by the Spirit of God, and it is not going to die out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will set cities and nations on fire, and our community will never remain the same again. And I'll be a part of this revival. Type of chest. I'm going to be a part of it. I am going to go around and win souls for Jesus. I am going to step into places and demons are going to jump out. I'm going to lay my hands on the sick and they will receive their healing. I will be a part of this revival in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. So our theme for October is fresh fire. I mean, we're excited. And we're going to see that fire descend in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. You know, you know you don't have to grow old before you start looking back and wonder what you spent most of your time doing. You don't have to become 80 years and say, what did I use the good part of my life doing? Chasing money, chasing wealth. You know, there's a quote that says that many people spend their health to get wealth and then they grow old and spend the wealth they've gathered to take care of their health. And may it not be a portion in Jesus' name. God is going to give us the wisdom to be See, Let me tell you something. It is a lie from the pit of hell that your spirituality is inversely proportional to your social functioning. I don't know if that makes sense. It means that you can be spiritually on fire and you can be running things in the marketplace, in society. Did you hear that? And that's what we are going to be. On fire for Christ, on fire in our places of work, on fire in the business places, on fire in policy making places, that the fire that will carry will be unquenchable. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, somebody make some noise. Hallelujah. So we started the series last week. We're going to be wrapping it up today. Uh, it's one of those messages that I guarantee you, you are going to need to refer back to. Fortunately, we have these messages online. Um, one of the principal ways, I think one of these days we have a pastors and ministers conference, definitely not now, and not this year, alright, but I believe one of the ways God speaks to a pastor the most, can somebody guess? Okay, yes, through his wife, yes, through the Bible, yes. <laughs> alright, okay, yeah, those, those answers are very correct, but they are not the answer I was looking for. Um, it doesn't mean my answer is correct. It's just my own answer. All right. It's through the messages that pastors preached. Many, many times, the answer you seek, they are hidden in the words God spoke through you. And one of the best habits you can form as a minister of God is to make out time to listen to your own messages or review your own notes. Um, this one, I am sure we are going to refer to it a couple of times. Praise God. Hallelujah. So last week we were talking about beyond results and we introduced ourselves considering the story of Israel versus Benjamin uh, in a story very interesting where the Benjamins not necessarily had committed an atrocity but some of them were involved in an atrocity and they refused to correct it. Hello? Do you remember the story we read last week? on how that something detestable had been done in Israel and the Levites concerned was not having it. He said there has to be judgment. We need closure on this issue. And the people went to God. God said Judah shall go first. They went with praise. They went with prayer. They went with fasting. 
And in spite of all of that, they encountered difficulties. And one of the things we established last week was that God is not a God that wins every battle. We said that sometimes God deliberately loses battles so that he can win the war. And we said that God's purpose in every situation is not necessarily your own purpose. When God sends you to start a new job, you feel that your purpose in that place is to earn money and to feed your family. And God feels that your purpose in that place is to meet somebody that you're going to minister and influence. Hello? So the first lesson we said was that it is important to seek God's counsel on every issue, both great and small, including common sense issues. Do you remember I was saying that? The second thing we said is seek God's purpose in every situation. We read from the book of James that said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. Praise God. Today we are going to the third lesson and we'll pick just two lessons. We spent time to pray this morning. Did I say two lessons? Okay, three lessons. All right. Is that fine? Is this is this is the final or this topic? So we're going to something else. But we'll see how God helps us and then we will go according to the leading of his spirit. Lesson three is that it is okay to go back to God again and seek clarity. Hello? Now, on behalf of every pastor in the world, on behalf of every message you've heard, on behalf of every sermon preached that has crucified the place of doubting, I want to stand and apologize to you and to the church. Did you hear that? Hello? Hello? How many of you have been told never to doubt before? You've heard it before. Do not doubt. You've heard it before? Praise God. Now, am I encouraging doubt this morning? Absolutely no. As we learned in our series on rest, we learned that the only reason why people do not enter into God's rest is because of what? Unbelief. And we said that unbelief, it is one of the most painful things a person can feel. When you have said, I will do this, you are able to do this. You have the capacity to do it. And then you've told somebody you will do it, and the person doesn't believe you will do it. In fact, it is more painful when you have done it. Hello? And the person still doesn't believe it. Hello? How many of you have, maybe your parent or your mom has asked you to do something and you've done it? Oh, have you done it? You say, I've done it. And I'm like, no, you've done it. I'm not understanding it. I said, I've done, do you need me to do it again? He said, no, I've done it. Praise God. Praise God. But there are instructions that God will give to you that will not make sense to you. Hello? Now, someone said that if the size of your dreams and your visions don't scare you, then they are probably not from God. I'm not talking about things that are clearly stated. There are things in, in the word of God that are clear to us. We know, I know now that there is no form of earthquake that can happen here today that will take the lives of anyone. Hello? Are we still together? Because we have a covenant of protection. So that is not in doubt. Hello? In fact, God told me, God spoke to me, I think it was last week, I heard clearly that purpose is a tool of defense. And I said, God, what do you mean by that? And God reminded me, one of my most vivid near-death experiences that I had fear, the only reason I knew I was not going to die was a sentence. God said, I have promises for you for tomorrow, so you are not going to die today. Hello? How many of us have things we've not done yet? So we, we are not going anywhere. Do you understand that? So when you have that sickness, you know it's not going to kill you. When that car is going, swerving, the near that, do you want me to share the experience I speak of? I had done something very stupid. <laughs> but you know God is merciful, even when we are stupid. You know when it's man, man will be like, you put yourself into it. You face the consequences. You face it. And God is like, if I allow you, this one face the consequences. <laughs> what will be left of you? We will find it. Praise God. I just wanted to see. I wanted to see. I had that gist. I wanted to see. So I'd flown into Accra and I used the bus to go and cross the border. Nobody sent me. It wasn't important. It wasn't necessary. Nobody knew where I was. I didn't tell anybody. My parents didn't know. No family member. My schoolmates. Nobody knew Jack. I just carried myself 
Sounds like you didn't tell your wife. I didn't have a wife at that time. <laughs> I just carried myself and went there at the border. The corruption at the border was severe. My passport was insignificant. I was like, I have a passport. I have a valid visa. <laughs> like, who is this uh, professor? You won't lecture us on our job. The only visa we accept here is cash. And I'd gone with heavy denominations, not small. I mean, people said so. It's like carrying $2 coins, $5 bills, $10 in a place where they normally give 5 and 10 right? And you had just $100 bills, and they don't give change. So I just gave 100 100 by the time I By the time I came out, I was empty. I was like, God, how am I going to get back to town? Met a bus driver and said, explain my story. The guy said, you look genuine. But I've done this thing before, and I'm sorry, I'm not willing to do it again. So he said, go and talk to the other driver. Now, what that meant was that the first bus will finish loading before the other one. This was around 12 midnight. I was in a strange land. Nobody knew where I was. This other person I spoke to was fully drunk. He was going to drive our bus. In his drunken state, he accepted to carry me for free. So he said I should sit by his side. He was drunk. The person to my right was smoking and drunk. And we were driving. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Aflao border. And it's like a thin road on a suspended bridge. There were times when the driver literally was swerving. This was around 1 a.m. in the middle of the night. Multiple police checkpoints, shouting, beating. And God is like, this is it. This, this has to be it. Like, but God said, you, you have promises for tomorrow. Praise God. So for some of you here, you know that the reason why that fire won't consume you is because you have promises for tomorrow. And God uses your purpose as a tool of defense. You know that this is done where it ends. It doesn't end today. Praise God. Praise God. Are we still together? So there are things that God has shown you, instructions God has given you that all of the faith you can muster on your inside we still say, God, this can't be possible. There are some of you here, God has shown you big things, and you're like, God, could it be me? <laughs> like, God, so, some of you write these things down, and you want to deliberately misplace those books. I know because I've been there. God shows you, sometimes God sends people to confirm those things, and you're like, you know what, I know what you're talking about, I appreciate this, but I don't want to hear this right now. Praise God. Praise God. Now, when God gives you tasks of such magnitude, the first thing you should do is to be grateful to God that God can even trust you with such in the first place. Did you hear that? Hello? Are we still together? Not God doesn't give everything to everybody. Did you hear that? He loves all of us. He sent his son to die for all of us. The Bible says he causes the rain to fall both on what? The good and the evil. Not every believer is going to be a general in the kingdom. Did you hear that? So God has selected you. It is an appointment of grace. Glory to God. Are we still together? So I'm talking to people with big visions, people with big dreams. There are going to be times when you are going to say, God, was it you that spoke to me? Could it be you, God? Um, and, and, and I want us to read about Gideon very quickly. Let's open to Judges chapter 6. Let's learn something from Gideon and then the other guy who saved Gideon of a title. Judges chapter 6. Praise God. You know there are some folks in the Bible that even though the Bible tells us their name, we still refer to them by their conditions and situations. Hello? For instance... Blind Bartimaeus. Do you know he didn't die blind? He didn't. The reason why he's in the Bible is because Jesus healed him. But what do we call him? I'm sure if I say Bartimaeus, somebody will say, which Bartimaeus? <laughs> is it the blind one? <laughs> Praise God. Another such person is Thomas. What do we say about Thomas? Such that a lot of us, especially in our culture, we don't name our kids Thomas. We don't. It's just like Job. Have you found anybody named Job before? It's a nice name. <laughs> Praise God. Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse, I think I should pick it from verse 11. It says that the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Upper that belonged to Joash the Abrazite, where his son, now I need you to pay attention, where his son Gideon was doing what? 
Hello, are you with me? All right, so let me read it again. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Upper that belonged to Joash the Abrazites, where his son Gideon was doing what? Threshing wheat, where? In a, to keep it from the Midianites. Now, did you see that in your Bible? The guy was threshing wheat in a wine press. Does that make any sense to you? Where should you thresh wheat? In a where? Threshing floor. What do you do in a wine press? You press wine, grapes, figs. Hello? So the reason why he was doing that was because the oppression they were under was so severe that you shouldn't be seen to even have wheat to thresh. Hello? Are we still together? So you can imagine that kind of oppression that you must not even be seen to have food to eat. Because the moment it is seen, it's going to be taken away from you. Verse 12, it says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What does, what does your version say in verse 13? Yeah, so verse 13, what, do, what was the first thing Gideon said? Pardon me. That's what's in my version. Why the other one? Pardon me. Pardon me. How many of us have given a response to God before? Pardon? <laughs> How many of us have given a response to God before? When God says, I'm going to raise you as a mighty voice, through you, millions are going to be saved. You say, pardon? When God says, I am going to make you a lender, not to individuals and to people. Some of us have issues loaning people $500. <laughs> but where God is taking you to, you are going to be, the kind of loans you will give out to be GDPs of nations. Are they in the house this morning? And we are still going to be very born again and spiritual. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But when God says that, some of us say, pardon me. You are looking at the bills on the table and God is talking about lending to nations. Say this God said, we are very funny sometimes. And that was Gideon's opinion. He felt God was being funny. This guy couldn't trash food in public. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't blend. I'm trying to, to, to equate it to something day to day. He couldn't blend pepper with a blender because it will make noise and they will know there's food. Hello? Praise God. And God is calling him a mighty warrior. What does that even mean? He says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us, has given us into the hand of Midian. Praise God. Now, has there ever been a time in your life where you wondered if the God we have now is the same God from back then? Sincerely, sincerely. We are being very open. Praise God. Sometimes you have maybe a father, a mother, some, some relative who is dealing with something, maybe hypertension or diabetes, and you've prayed for them. And you're like, is this not the same God they told us about? Is this not the same God that raised people from the dead? What's the pro what exactly is the problem today? Is this not the same God that did all of these miracles? Tap somebody says this is the very same God. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forevermore. The same God, same power. Glory to God. Praise God. So it has never been about the power of God. Verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? Hello? Hello? Now, what God has asked you to do, God is not asking you to do it because you will do it by your power. Hello? Do you mean to take that again? What God has asked you to do, God is not asking you to do it because of your intelligence. God is not asking you to do it because you are that skillful. No. God is asking you to do it because he knows that you are that vessel he can work through. Hello? Do you want me to say that again? The reason why God chose you is because you are a fitting vessel for his use. And the day the vessel becomes so big and so proud that, you know what, I'm all that, then God humbles that vessel. Nebuchadnezzar was busy taking kingdoms and doing all sorts, doing all sorts, doing all sorts, and God said, Babylon, my army. Is that your Bible? God used him, and the guy took all the glory for that, and God humbled him. 
It is my prayer that we will not allow pride setting when God starts using us in the mighty name of Jesus. I heard a story about Jack Hayford once. How many of us know about Pastor Jack Hayford? Pastor of Church on the Way, one of the largest four square churches in the U.S. The church was just called Church on the Way. Large services packed tens of thousands. And one day, just like Nebuchadnezzar in his words, he was strolling through the church auditorium and he saw the magnificent building. He saw everything. He saw the chairs, saw the lights, saw the music, saw everything. And he said, wow. God, I can remember when we were nothing. I can remember when we were so small. Look how big we've become. And a voice said to him, said, you did this. You did this. And immediately he said, I rebuke you, Satan. I didn't do this. God did this. Praise God. You know, many, many times, these conversations, they are not, they are not external conversations. You know, the line between pride and humility might not even be in a spoken word. Everything might have just transpired in your mind. The one Nebuchadnezzar did that God dealt with him, he probably didn't say a word out. It was in his head. See where I have become. And for a lot of you, by the time God starts, you see, I'm saying this because I have seen some things. Hello? Hello? The reason why I'm saying this with so much confidence is that some of you here, within the next couple of months, the transformation that will have taken place in your life, people will expect you to be proud. Hello? Do you know when people have such expectations? When someone calls you as your, your normal guy that will call you normally and say, hey, guy, what's up? Normally, they will call you and say, good afternoon. And you'll be like, what's wrong with you? You're like, oh, you are now up there, so we have to, <laughs> we have to greet you properly. You say, come and stop that. But you know there are some other people when you say, guy, say, hello, why are you speaking with? Is that not that you're on the phone? Yes. Is this that? Okay, I'm sorry. How are you doing? How is the family? How is your life? Okay, bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Now, quick one. Don't go out of your way to convince anyone that you're not proud. Did you hear that? Hello? Hello? I'm going to say it again. Don't go out of your way to convince anyone that you're not proud. It's not necessary. In my observation and meditation, I have seen that attempting to prove to people that you are not proud in itself is a manifestation of pride. Did you hear that? When you start saying things like, come, call me anytime. Call me anytime, oh. Any amount you need, just tell me, I'll give you. Any amount, I'll give you. Call me anytime. That in itself is what? Is a manifestation of pride. Praise God. Praise God. Do you know the biggest, biggest sign of pride? This is not part of the sermon. Can I say it very quickly? Should I say it? The biggest sign of pride is prayerlessness. Hello? The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, kneel down, seek my face, humble themselves. So your prayerlessness, before it is a sign of spiritual weakness, is first a sign of pride. It means, God, I don't need you anymore. It means I'm going to wake up this morning, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to kill it. I don't need you. It means I'm going to, I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to waste these exams. I'm not going to pray, and I'm going to kill it. I'm that good. That's what prayerlessness means. That's what prayerlessness says. Glory to God. Hello? So Gideon here shows us that when God gives you a big task, and you are found to be seeking constant clarity, God doesn't see it or interpret it as a sign of weakness. God sees it as building up your faith. Did you hear that? Tap your neighbor say, it's okay to ask for clarity. It's, it's very okay. Another person very quickly, Joshua chapter 1. How many of us know the relationship Joshua had with Moses? Anybody? that's a good way to put it, it was his peer. It was his right-hand man. Everything, everywhere. In fact, when Moses went to the mountain, do you know where Joshua was? Hello, anybody knows? He was at the foot of the mountain waiting for the boss to come back. 
wondering if indeed he will come back. Now, Joshua had seen God work with Moses at a level. Joshua knew how unbelievably, what's the word? Difficult the Israelites were. Hello? Hello? I believe very strongly. Now, this is not in the Bible. So let me just put that disclaimer. I believe very strongly that Moses got to a point in his life where he preferred to see God rather than to see the promised land. <laughs> Hello? Okay, some of you are going to think about it later and you are going to get it. Moses got to a point where he preferred to see God than to see the promised land. Such that when God says, Moses, you are not going to enter the promised land. I'm sure Moses was like, you know what, God? I'm tired of these people already. Take me home. <laughs> and then Joshua was the one going to receive the mantle from Moses who had worked with God, seeing God experience this glory and was the one now to take these people. The guy was scared. He was so scared. If you read Joshua chapter 1, be strong and be courageous is like a million times. Okay, I'm, I'm joking. But there's just a lot of it there. Be strong, be strong, be strong. This guy was, he was a, so for, for those who don't know, Joshua was a military guy. He was skilled in war. His, his job was to fight. Hello? So God was telling a bad guy, an already, telling him to be strong and be courageous because God knew the magnitude of the work that was ahead of him. Praise God. Can I say to someone here this morning, be strong and be courageous. I'm not saying you are weak, but the journey ahead of you is great. It might scare you. The dreams and visions God is showing to you might scare you, but be strong and be courageous. Did you hear that? Be strong and be courageous. You are going to remember these words. Be strong and be courageous. There are going to be nights when God will demand your sleep from you. And it's going to require you to stand in the gap. Be strong and be courageous. There are going to be times where God is going to send you to pay for the fees of people, and it might not be very convenient. You will send people to schools. You will send missionaries to places. Be strong and be courageous. Glory to God. Praise God. Let's go to the main guy, Thomas. Somebody say thank God for Thomas. You know, in church, we become so religious and so spiritual that we are not looking for the lessons and the principles. We are looking for the weakest guy in the story. The one to crucify, the one to maim, the one to say, hey, that was the Judas in the equation. Do you know that some of the greatest statements Jesus ever made were in response to Thomas's questions? Hello? Hello? Are we still together? Some of the most profound things, in fact... Others just saw ghosts, and they were like, this is Jesus. And they told Thomas, we've, we've seen the Lord. <laughs> I'm sure Thomas was there. I was like, which Lord have you seen? He said, the Lord Jesus, we've seen him. And Thomas said, no, you didn't see Jesus. He said, we saw Jesus. He said, no, you didn't see Jesus. He said, Jesus, that was nailed to the cross, until I put my hands, my finger, inside that hole. I'm verified. Somebody say verify. Ah. But do you know God doesn't condemn our desire for verification? He doesn't. Praise God. Let's, let's go to John chapter 14 very quickly. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Are you there? I'm going to read from... Let me read from verse 1. John chapter 14. Are we there? I'm going to read. It says that, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, this was towards the end of Jesus Christ's earthly ministry. And he was using a lot of coded words to speak to his disciples. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. Praise God. How many of you have been in classrooms where you had questions, you sincerely had a question? 
But you couldn't ask because you didn't want to appear as the stupid one. Yeah, it happens to us a lot in school. The teacher is writing one complex thing. You're seeing the thing X, Y, Z, differential, A, Z, log, one, two, X. Like what is all, everybody in class, just for me. Hmm. Like we are getting, we're understanding, we're understanding. And then you are, you are feeling like the stupid one, but you, you genuinely have a question. So you raise your hand and ask the question. If you are a teacher like me, I'll say, okay, the rest of you that do not ask the question, you probably know it. Answer the question, then they will not start looking. We too, we don't know it. Praise God. That was what happened here. Jesus Christ was saying very deep things. He just made a statement and said, in my father's house, there are many rooms there, many mansions there. He says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Jesus just said it out there. I'm sure all the other disciples were just looking. He said, Jesus, we are getting you, we are getting you. And Thomas wasn't having it. He said, which way? Where are you going? Which mansion? Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we, he didn't even say I. He said, Lord, these guys are too shy to speak. Let me speak first. Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Hello, is that your Bible? Somebody wants to again say thank God for Thomas. You know, one of the most popular verses in the old scripture after John 3, 16 is this one. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus responding to Thomas. Jesus answered, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hello? What if Thomas didn't ask that question? Imagine us not having this scripture in the Bible. How we will tell Muslims that all their good behavior doesn't end anywhere? How do we tell Buddhists that it can be very nice, you can do all of the philanthropy in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything? How? How will we gather together at interfaith meetings and tell them, you know, it, it, it is one of the things I really, really look forward to, to be in a gathering where there are bishops, fathers, priests, abolists, imams, monks, and all of those things. And let all of them know, hello, that Jesus is the way. It is that simple. Hello. Imagine if Thomas didn't ask that question. Praise God. John chapter 20, let's, let's fast forward a little bit. John, John chapter 20 from verse 24. John chapter 20 from verse 24. Let me read because of our time. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Did you see that? How many people did electronics here? Anybody here did electronics? Electronics. How many people know about gates? Yeah, they don't teach it anymore. So we have OR gates and AND gates. Anybody knows in electronics? Anybody? Okay, one person. Thank God. <laughs> At least there's one person in the room that knows what I'm... Now, what, what Thomas said here was, Unless I see the marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. He was saying that I need these three checks. It's not going to be two over three. It's not going to be one over three. I need to be sure it is the Lord. Then I will believe. Verse 26 says what? Somebody, I want you to read it in your Bible. Did you hear that? Just, leave, just say it and leave it there. A week later. Did you see that? Jesus was not in a hurry to prove any point. He was already risen. Hello? Can I tell you something? Your doubt, your verification, your request for clarity doesn't change the fact that what God has done is done. Jesus didn't say, oh, Thomas needs to see me. Let me go and show up. Do, 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 do you know one of the greatest attitudes of power is never to be in a hurry to display it? That's how you know real power. The devil told Jesus, jump down. Ah, Jesus will be like, hey, opportunity, CNN, Al Jazeera, trending on Twitter, trending everywhere. <sighs> okay, let me leave that alone. Some of us claim we want to trend Jesus. When it is ourselves, we actually want to trend. And God sees your intentions. Say, no, let's, let's do this, let's do this. Let's, let's carry Jesus on our, on our head. <laughs> And go to CN Tower. 
so that your picture can trend. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jesus waited the whole week. Was he in a hurry to prove any point? Any points to Thomas. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Verse 28. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Hello? Another important statement, a free blessing for us because of Thomas. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those that have not seen me and yet believed. Praise God. So thanks to Thomas, Jesus releases a blessing for what? For you and for me. Have we seen Jesus physically? Have we put our fingers in his nails, scarred, pierced hands? Have we dipped our hands in his sides? But do we believe him? Yes, we do believe him, and Jesus says we are blessed for this. Praise God. Praise God. So it is really, 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 really okay for you to seek clarity. Seek clarity and confirm what God has told you. Praise God. Let's go to the next one because of our time. So just a quick recap. Lesson one was that see God's counsel on every issue, great issues, small issues, Common sense issues, always learn to ask God. Not because you do not have common sense, but because God expects your relationship with him to be so intimate and so common that you will discuss everything with him. Number two, see God's purpose in every situation. The purpose of a situation is not always obvious. It's not always obvious. See God's real purpose in every situation. Lesson three, it is okay to go back to God again and again and again to seek clarity. Gideon gave the angel the fleece, the angel of the Lord the fleece. He said, let this one be wet, let this one be dry. Let this one be dry, let this one be wet. Let both of them be wet, let both of them be dry. Each time, God paid attention and honored him because he was building his faith. It is my prayer that as you seek clarity on those big things God has instructed you to do, everyone will greet you with mercy in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, the next lesson is that the devil's purpose as well as the purpose of all creation, is known. Hello? Hello? Are we still together? Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Let's read it. We sing it a lot. Let's read it together. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Are you there? Or do you want me to wait for you? Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Now, the point I am about to make now, I am praying, I mean, I prayed, I am praying that the Spirit of the Lord will give you complete understanding of this point in the mighty name of Jesus. The reason why I say so is because if you get this, if you get this, your victory walk is already certain. Did you hear that? Hello? Now let's read Revelation 4, verse 11. I'm looking for it in the NIV. Okay, found it. It says, we all know it in the King James, right? Everybody, we know it. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and what? Power, for thou hast created all things they are and were created. Let me read it here. It says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. Somebody say all things. By your will, they were created. And have their what? Being. That's what the NIV says. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, worthy are you, our Lord and God. To receive glory, honor, and dominion. For you created all things, and by your will they were brought into being and were created. Praise God. Praise God. Now, does this scripture say that all things were created for his pleasure? Does it say so? 
Does he say so? I need you to speak out because your inner man needs to hear you say this. Does he say so? Yes. Now, does all things involve our main adversary, the devil? Hello? So, would it be right for me to say that God created you for his pleasure and for his glory? Would I be right to say so? Yes. Would I also be right to say that God created the devil for his pleasure and for his glory? Would I be right to say so? So, everything the devil does, will I be right to say that God circumvents it and uses it eventually for his glory? Yes. Did you hear that? Now, you are going to tell yourself this thing regularly. Every time you face any difficulty and you see the hand of the enemy, say, devil, God is using you. You are doing free work. Hello? That's what I tell the devil. God, see, do you know Jesus Christ essentially came to earth? Instead of God to invite the devil and say, devil, we need you. We have a job for you. You know what? Jesus is coming to die for the sins of the world. We need him to die. But because he's God, they have to kill him. Do you understand? Devil, do you understand? Devil would not be like, eh, God, that's, that's what you want. He will, he will not die. I will see to it. They didn't invite devil to the meeting. The guy carried his head. Say, this Jesus, he must die. <laughs> and God says, welcome. Your job description is clear now. Do your work. Praise God. The devil shows up uninvited to do the will of the Father. To give you peace in your work. You are doing the Lord's work and there's no pay. And you know what? The devil is very faithful. The Bible says that your adversary, the enemy, moving around like he's not a lion. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he moves like a roaring lion, seeking whom to... The guy is just going everywhere. He's not omnipresent. He's going up and down. Up and down. He has plenty of demons. Tries to, you know, have an intelligence network of being omnipresent. But he's not. Praise God. So the devil is doing God's work. Every unpalatable situation in your life, you will worship and give God glory. Say, devil, I see your hand in this, but out of this same situation, God is going to be glorified. In this same, see, this same situation, God is going to be glorified. This difficulty, this pain, God is going to be glorified. Because I see the hand of God at work in it. Job chapter 1 verse 6. Job chapter 1 verse 6. How many of you wonder where nations... Presidents of nations meet. Nations that are at war. And they put their presidents in the same room. How many of you wonder, like, why don't you just take out the other guy? Take him out. For instance, I believe very strongly that Trump should win a Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. He's done something no other U.S. president could do. He got the leader of North Korea, leader of South Korea, in the same room. Ha. Even the oxygen in the room is tense. <laughs> Glory to God. But the Bible tells us in Job chapter, let, let's read it. Job chapter 1 verse 6. We read two more scriptures and then we rise to pray. Job chapter 1 verse 6, very quickly. Job chapter 1 verse How many of you have been blessed so far? That if we share the grace now, your Sunday is already complete. Hallelujah. Job chapter 1. Let's read it very quickly. The day you see this thing, the day you get it, praise God. It says, one day the angels came, Job chapter 1 verse 6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. The guy just likes work. He just shows up uninvited. Praise God. Many of us believe that when we say, in the name of Jesus, you know the way it is in, in Mount Zion. Then the demons will just fall. No, the devil knows Jesus. He spoke with Jesus. Is it not your Bible? The Bible says that the devil said to him, is it your Bible? Exactly. So there's a good working relationship. He's <laughs> the little, little megalitenant and peasant. Tiny, tiny demons. 
that don't understand the relationship. We know the relationship. The devil is on my father's payroll. He's a member of staff. I can instruct him. Did you hear that? You can tell him, get out of this situation. He does what? Gets out. Rebuke the enemy and you what? You flee. When you are tired of his free service, you rebuke him and he will do what? You flee. You don't see them. <laughs> you now pick phone and call pastor. I think I pastor a blessed church. I don't get all those ridiculous phone calls. But please feel free to call if you need somebody to strengthen your hands in prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Let's read one more scripture. First Corinthians chapter 2. And then we will take the last point. We will just rejoice and then we will spend some time praying. First Corinthians chapter... I'm sure the devil doesn't like that we are saying this because... First Corinthians chapter 2. Woo! First Corinthians chapter 2. All right, I'm there. I'll read from verse 8 to, eight to 10. 8 to 10. It says, it says, none of the rulers of this age, is that in your Bible? None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I'll be tapping and say the devil didn't know. The devil doesn't know everything, no. He doesn't know everything. He is extremely intelligent in calculations and estimations. But he doesn't know with accuracy. There is only one person that knows what tomorrow holds. It says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. That's for me and for you. He says in verse 10, which is where we are going to. He says, these are the things. Somebody say, these are the things. God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Do you know what this scripture is saying? This scripture is saying that God desires to bring us to a clearance level. Let me use intelligence terminology. You know, when you, you know you can work in, in the same office and not know what is going on in the office. They will tell you, oh, what's going on in that place? Say, there's some construction. We're opening a new department. What's the department? Say, it's above your pay grade. Have you heard certain things before? Now, what the scripture is saying that there are things that the spirit of God will reveal to you that even the rulers of this world do not understand. Hello? That's why we encourage ourselves to pray a lot in the spirit. That is how we download these things. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Say, devil, you are doing my father's work. And out of every situation, the name of the Lord will be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. The last point here is just one sentence. I've been saying it all through this series. If God says it, he has done it. If God says it, he's not about to do it. If God says it, he's not putting things in place to do it. If God says it, it is already done. Glory to God. Come on, rise on your feet and rejoice like it is done. It is done. That clarity you seek is done. That purpose is made clear to you. It is done. All of those things God has said he will use it to do, it is done. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me read the scripture to us just to seal this up. Isaiah chapter 46. I'll read it from verse, from, uh, verse 10. Isaiah 46 and verse 10. Glory to God. So you can see that the more of God's word you have on, you, on your inside, the easier it is for you to rejoice. And your rejoicing might not even make sense to people. They see your circumstances, but they don't see the revelation God has given you. And that is why you are rejoicing. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 10. It says that I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times what is still to come, I say my purpose will stand. And I will do that that I please. Praise God. It is my prayer that in your life, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In your family, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In your workplace, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In your career, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In your businesses, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In 
every area, everything you lay your hands upon to do, the purpose of the Lord will stand. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on, raise your hands to heaven and begin to pray in the spirit. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. There's someone here, the Lord says that he sees that your faith is weak. And that he's going to have mercy on you and strengthen you. He says you are going to feel the power coming to your hands physically. And that he's going to send you to lay hands on people. But that you should lay hands on yourself first. Hello, did you hear that? Lay hands on yourself first. See that power at work. And then in that power and in that might, you go out and begin to cast out all sorts of infirmities. And remember that all the glory belongs to him. Hello? Did you hear that? He is the great physician. We are vessels. We are channels that he's going to use. Glory to God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, pray. Pray in the spirit for 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds. Mapralagada. Lezi Bruno Koshotolege. Lebakadi Egedede. Lebado Sopaka. Mabrino Mokosho Pelegedede. Lebrine Pakasha. Labado Toyegede. Mambrana Kalabaka Shataye. Legede Suparakabalagadi Egede. Membrene Koshodolo. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We worship and adore you. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way. Thank you, Jesus, for rivers in our deserts. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening doors, carving spaces out of walls. Glory be unto your name. Glory be unto your name. Glory be unto your name. In Jesus' name we are afraid. Someone else here, the Lord is saying that, I am worth more to you than that thing you're holding on to. It says, let it go and let me take my space fully. I don't know who it is, but you probably know. It says, that thing, I am more important than it. Let it go and let me take my space fully. Father, we bless your name. We exalt and magnify you because we have experienced you this morning. We have received your word and we are rejoicing based on what you said. Thank you because you have done it. Thank you because you have done it. Thank you because we know who did it. We know you will use people, but we know it is you. We will not give those people. The, we will thank them. We will be grateful. We will show our appreciation, but we will know it is you. It is you who has done it. As a church, we say thank you. We know of people searching for jobs for years, years. In the space of weeks, You've blessed us with multiple testimonies of new jobs. It is only you who can do this. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for a release of that healing virtue in this place this morning. Thank you because we carry the same grace, the same power out. And we come back with more testimonies. Father, praise and honor unto your name. Thank you because you are settling difficult situations. Thank you because you are settling hard matters. Thank you because you are giving us clarity. Thank you because you are taking away our night time. You are giving us revelations during our sleep. Giving us clear visions. Thank you because our visions are shielded from the enemy. We do not receive conflicting information, but we download straight from your throne of grace. Father, receive all the glory. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor. Receive all adoration. Praise and honor be unto your name. Hallelujah. Glory.
to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Have you been blessed this morning? Very quickly, please have your seat. Have your seat. It's time to round up. Hallelujah. Woo!